We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Tuesday, November the 29th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Appreciate you all Tuning in, got a lot to get into here on this Tuesday. Let's see. We've got Austin War, John Edwards, Stephanie Lee, Gene Lott, Kevin Crossland, Travi, Jeff Gullage, Noah Johns, Stephen Morrell Jr., Hunter Kelly, Connor Lee. What's going on? Cody Gaskins, F the Ray Guy Award. I hear you. I hear you. We'll get into that much more. Uh, also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord have the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there, see Youngblood, what's going on? Again, appreciate you. It is game day, by the way. Women's basketball taking on UCLA tonight at Colonial Life Arena. A top 15 matchup at the CLA. Jesse starts out, I need to know, are you and Mark Ryan chill or not? Nah? LOL. Yeah, we're buddies. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Listen, the beauty's in the banter, my guy. The uh, the beauty's in the banter. So no, Mark Ryan and I are are are, uh, are cool. I would I would let me say this. I would not go on a show weekly if uh, I would not go on a show weekly if we were not cool. Uh, Hudson says something about Beamer. I don't believe that Beamer speaks today, guys. I, I could be wrong. Somebody let me know. I don't I don't believe Beamer has a presser today. It will be just our questions, comments, calls. Of course, we got Alex McGrath at twelve fifteen. But uh, no, Shane Beamer will not have a presser today. So it'll be nothing but your questions, comments, calls. Again, guys, they do not have pressers when there is no game that upcoming weekend. The only reason that, for example, Dabo is having one is because they play this weekend. I do agree that uh, it would have been legendary to hear from him. And I guess Andrew Murphy says that he is talking at, on a 107.5 the game today at 1230. So if you guys want to hop over there, chat, and I'm sure they'll have a replay up as well if you guys want to stay right here. Uh, but again, we will kind of, I don't know when, I don't know when Shane will speak again in regards to like a press conference or what have you. But uh, anyways, he will speak on the radio apparently, 1230 today over on 107.5 The Game. So if you guys want to check that out, you're more than welcome, obviously, to hop over there, do your thing, and uh, we'll be right here rocking and rolling all day Long. Just a quick reminder, it's been 367 days since Clem Sucks last beat the University of South Carolina in football. Just wanted to remind you all here on this uh, Tuesday. But again, we're taking your questions, comments, calls. Guys, again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Lots to get into, and we're continuing to celebrate. And of course, talk, you know, it's funny, guys. Uh, this weekend, obviously incredible. The last 72, 
really 96 hours or so has been awesome. I will say, though, it feels good today that, you know, I had my normal morning routine, woke up early this morning, did my thing. It, it, I feel like, and again, I'm not complaining at all. I'm not complaining at all. I want to make that very clear. But uh, it, it, it feels good to finally take a Feels good to finally take a breath for the first time in a while. Let's check the phone out here. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Yeah. Um, so, I heard that we were going to be ranked higher, even though it doesn't matter about the seat uh, polls anymore uh, until next week. But um, I heard we were going to be ranked a little bit higher uh, tonight. So I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I forgot. I, I almost forgot that the playoff rankings come out tonight. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, they obviously punch the numbers in with the computers and stuff. So, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. I, I don't really recall the last time I sat down and watched a playoff ranking show because uh, we haven't had a whole lot yeah. of reason to. So, yeah, it'll be fun tonight to sit down and watch and actually see us ranked. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd expect us to be somewhere – 18, 19, maybe we'll be 20, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah I, uh, that's what everybody says. Yeah. yeah. So somebody, somebody said that I, I know it's bull crap, but somebody said that we're supposed to be ranked like 15, but I already know that's all. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no but, idea. I mean, if it helps us, you know, get a better bowl game, obviously. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But I, yeah, I have no idea, man, to be so honest what, with you. So. so what a bunch of bull crap that uh, Ray didn't put Ty Kroger first in the punting. Uh, Situation. Yeah, the uh, the the Ray Guy Award. That's crazy, man. I mean, I'm not going to spend a ton of time today on it, just because you know it's not going to change anything. But I mean, if, I, I don't know how you know. I, I don't know how you look at the job that Kai Kroger did this season. And you don't list him as one of the best punters in college football. I mean, you know, we had the statistics pulled right. up right here. You know, when you look at what the numbers tell you. Kai Kroger led the SEC second in the NCAA in punting average. Um, certainly, you know, he, he was he was a huge part of our season going eight and four. You know, you think of how big of a part special teams play. You think of all the you think of all the fakes we had, and I mean, just just what he did, what he meant for this football team. Then you look at the last game, what he did against Clemson Sucks and flipping the field and pinning them inside their own ten, inside their own five a couple of times. Yeah, how he's not a finalist is. I, you know, I, I know, yeah, I know, I know. Politics play a role in sports, and they play a role in things like this award and stuff. But it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's buffoonery, man. <laughs> it's, it's pure shenanigans. I, I don't yeah, know how else to sure. explain it. So, and, free, um, free Kai Kroger, for, free our guy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, next year. I mean, with our offense, we'll start to click. You know, after these two last teams that we played, and. I heard that Garrett Riley was one of the candidates that they're trying to get to. Um, so hopefully that'll work out. No. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure he's a name on the short list, obviously. I mean, again, there's the kind of the typical, the typical guys you would expect to hear. And actually tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to do, unless we hire somebody by then, which, you know, we could, but I don't think we will. But tomorrow's yeah. podcast, we'll talk. I'll talk uh, – my top five candidates for the OC job to kind of go from there and just kind of, kind of break down the, the guys that are realistic options, realistic candidates. I mean, again, you, you look at some of the names, Brennan Marion, who's over at Texas. You look at Kendall Bryles, of course, that's a name we've heard a lot. Garrett Riley, who is the TCU OC, uh, Phil Longo at North Carolina, Zach Kitley at Texas tech. Um, uh, 
Kevin Barbe is another one at App State. Brian Johnson with See. the Eagles, Trickett. So, yeah, there's uh, yeah, that, those typical names. Yeah, about that, like, yeah. uh, I, like he, he definitely needs to go for, uh, you know, that like the press coverage, like, you know, like App State or uh, TCU. Like, you know, they like to throw down the ball. Don't go for a guy like Arkansas because, you know, they're going to have Spencer try to run the ball almost every play. We yeah. don't need that. So No, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, and that, that's my – my biggest thing with the OC is just philosophically, you know, the name uh, you want to get a splash, but I think philosophically that's what's more important than anything. Getting a guy who's going to spread the field, be up tempo, be modern. Um, Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're like. The the whole pro style NFL thing, obviously I think we're that, that needs to be ditched for sure. So. And uh, one one more question. What are are your thoughts on Spencer is going to stay for next year? If I had to predict right now, I think Spencer Rattler is gone. That's just my take. I, 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 I think he was always a <clears throat> one-year guy, and I understand that, you know, he didn't have the type of year that he wanted to have, but I think due to the finish and Marcus Satterfield yeah. also leaving, I, I just – I think he's put enough on tape to show these scouts, these NFL guys, that, you know, he, he's – the skill set's there and everything. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, he's – I mean, selfishly, yeah, selfishly, yeah. I'd love to see him come back. But I, 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 right now, you know, if I was a betting man, I had to put put a wager on it. I, I would say that he's he's he will be departing for the NFL. Which you know what, he he gave me exactly what I hoped he would give me. Truly, I mean, I, I <laughs> hey, eight and four, win over Clemson. Hey, best yeah, of luck, young yeah. man. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. And Mark Satterfield's forgiven. I mean, we beat the two top ten teams back to back. I mean even though I don't buy that he was playing the calls, but, I mean, it's whatever. Well, you know, I say this, man. I, I wish Sat nothing but the best, and I appreciate his hand that he had in the final two games. And I said it yesterday, man. Like, I, I got nothing bad to say at this point about Marcus Satterfield. I am glad that it's working out for all parties where he's going to Lincoln. We get to move on. Like, like oh, yeah. if you're Shane Beamer today, if you're Shane Beamer yesterday, but if you're Shane Beamer right now, I mean, you just got to be sitting there, like, just letting out a collective just – Whew, like that worked out as well as I could have drawn it up, truly. Like, like it couldn't have gone any better in regards to, you know, changing of the guard at OC. You also win your last two. The offense gets better. Like, it, it could not have worked out any better. Couldn't have worked out any better. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, best best uh, season ending ever. I mean, yeah. I could have, it could have, I could have asked for any more. And we got Clemson at Williams Price next year so i mean we might have another chance with them yeah for sure so, for sure yeah that's all i need i appreciate it man yeah hunter you're the man i appreciate the call no problem yeah great no. stuff Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. um let's see yeah no i had somebody text me in regards to that the the phone line clips when it rings um yeah i guess i could just turn down this here like the phone line until somebody calls in. I guess that'd be a good idea. Great call there. Because I was going to say, I can't plug and unplug because you'd be surprised when it, you unplug it. There's like this muffle. It's just, it's a mess. So I'm going to just try to have the volume down. Maybe if I have the volume way down and then when somebody calls in, I'll turn it all the way up. So maybe we can just do that. We might've just had a breakthrough here on the TVC today. Um, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, I, I was saying as Hunter called in though, certainly not complaining because I mean, the, the, <clears throat> the game and then the after effects of the game have been incredible, right? But I feel like, honestly, today 
for the first time since since really Saturday, like I can breathe. You know what I mean? Like my head had been spinning since Saturday, and I know some people joke and say it was the Stogies, and maybe it was the Stogies to a degree, but I was just, I mean, you're, you're like, like when you win a game like that, guys, you can't make enough content. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't post enough, right? So you're just constantly on your phone. So it's nice today to kind of get back in the in the normal feeling kind of rhythm, the normal groove, if you will. But again, really excited to be rocking with y'all today. Uh, guys, tomorrow's show, actually, tomorrow's show, uh, podcast, if you will, we will do our first or one of our first. I think I did one for the Clemson's game also, but we'll really start to dive into like our basketball content. Um, we will have a basketball preview show, if you will, for the game. Um, Gamecocks men's, I forget. I think they play like Georgetown or something like that. Let's, let's take a look. Let's take a look and see. I know women's play UCLA tonight. Um, looks like bowl game ticket request deadline is December the 9th, by the way. That's a date to keep in mind. And we will know we will know who the Gamecocks play this Sunday, I guess. But uh, yeah, South Carolina plays George Washington. Okay, so that worked out. So there goes the phone line, and then we'll turn it up. Beautiful. Nate. Beautiful. There we go. Look at that. Nate, what's up, man? How are you? What is good, Chris, on this Clemsucks Victory Tuesday? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you asking. It does feel good to be good indeed. What's up? Hey, man. Um, I've been seeing some uh, some content that Gamecock creators have been putting out um, about how they really feel that Marcus Satterfield leaving is going to be a big loss for the uh, – the program. Um, I wish him well following that rule, but uh, do you think that we have the clout that we mm-hmm. need to get a good offensive coordinator in Carolina? I mean, I, I think you have as much going for you as you could ask right now. You've got an up-and-coming rising star at head coach. You just won back-to-back games over top 10 teams for the first time in your program's history. Um, you know, you did it with flashy offensive numbers. I mean, you've got to get a program that's on the rise and trending upward. I, I you know, you have the money. Shane Beamer's about to get an extension and a raise. If you would like, I, I, what are you missing? I guess that would be my return question. Is like, what, what are you missing that would that would limit you from getting a big guy? I mean, listen, like I said, I, I guess it's sort of conflicting emotions with Sat because the offense turned it around the last two games and had these outbursts they had. But like, I, I just go back to man. And I don't – here's what I'll say, because some people will say, well, are you calling Coach Beamer a liar if you're saying that he didn't call every play when Beamer said he did? I'm not calling Shane Beamer a liar in any sense of the word. But I think coach speak is a very real thing, and there's a difference between coach speak and lying, okay? So, I 100%. just I just think that if you genu- – and I'm, and I'm not saying against Sats, the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying he didn't have any hand in those last two games. But if you genuinely right. just believe that all of a sudden, well, Sats, Sats scheme and and, and – his, his philosophy, it just finally clicked, and it led to what – I just – I think you're kind of a fool. I, I just do, man. Like, there's just no way they did the same exact thing. It looked different. Like, you saw Step in the right. huddle, Beamer in the huddle. Like, something changed. Dude. Freddie Kitchens on staff, and like, you know, we heard rumors behind closed doors he was more involved. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate Sat. I wish him well. Again, I, I think this works out best for all parties involved. I mean, with all due respect to Marcus Satterfield – it's not like you're losing some all-star coach. I mean, the guy outside of Carolina had never coached a power five job before. So, I mean, what, what, how hard is it going to be to upgrade? That's the question I have. You know what I mean? Like, and yes, I think South Carolina Mm -hmm. being in the SEC, being an up and coming program, you just went eight and four. 
yeah, I think Shane Beamer should be able to go throw the bag at somebody and, and get a big-time guy. I think he's in a much different position than he was, say, two years ago when he was a rookie head coach who had never coached a down, and he was trying to go find an OC. So um, I see no reason why Carolina can't go get the best and can't have the best and can't produce the best. Wholeheartedly agree. Also, one other thing, um, I've been seeing these you know, stupid rumors online, and uh, I, I'd like to hear you address it. People talking about Spencer Rattler maybe following Martha Satterfield. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What, what's your opinion there? <laughs> no, so it's funny, man. So I, I've, I've mentioned this before. I've got, I've got a pretty good number of buddies that are, that are Knoxville guys, that are Tennessee guys, and the guy that posted that originally – he is a Knoxville I, – I wouldn't even call him a beat reporter, but they told me that apparently he's like, oh, this is your first run-in with this guy. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? I don't even know who this is. He's like, no, that, that guy posts troll-like news. It's, it's, he posts fake things. So that was supposed to be, I guess, like a troll tweet. Like there, there was no validity to it. So, no, Spencer Rattler is not following Marcus Satterfield in Nebraska. I, I guess I got God a little bit. I mean, I didn't get God because I didn't believe it, but – yeah, apparently that guy that guy does that on Twitter. He'll just post nonsense. So no, that there there is Spencer Rattler is either returning to South Carolina or he will be heading the NFL draft. I don't see any way. I mean, there's no reason for him to hit the portal. You know what I mean? So I no, I, I just, there's no right. validity to it whatsoever. All right, man. I appreciate your time and uh, go Gamecock. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff. Uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and close up the phone lines. Let's get Alex McGrath in here. Uh, guys, we got all day to get to your calls. This is not a normal Tuesday. First, dude, think about it. How long has it been since we had a Tuesday without Shane Beamer's presser? It's been a long time. So, more time for your questions, comments, and calls. But, again, right now we're going to get Alex McGrath on. Uh, I have not had, I have not even chatted with McGrath this week. So I'm very excited to hear his thoughts on the game. Uh, we're going to allow Alex to celebrate a little bit. Of course, you all know Alex is, uh, lives in Greenville here in the upstate. So I'm sure he's caught plenty of hell from Clem Sucks folks over the years. So I'm sure, I, I, I am sure Alex is looking forward to this opportunity to, uh, to get his, to get his trash talk in if you will. So really excited. Uh, Chad Rogers, 92, nine Atlanta reporting rat in the portal. I, again, I would, I would say be very, be very, very wary of what you are hearing from people. This, this is indeed per sources season. It, it is indeed. So, you know, I, I would, I would say if you're not hearing it from one of the dependable Gamecock outlets, dependable Gamecock sources, I, I you know, that whole per sources thing I know, but if you, if you're not hearing it from legitimate people, I would be very wary of running with it. Either way. All right, let's go ahead and get him in here. Really excited to chat. Alex McGrath, who, again, joins us each and every single Tuesday, but he joins us here on this Victory Tuesday. Alex, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to start things on a little bit of a different note. I'm just going to give you the floor, whatever you want to say. I was just talking <laughs> that Alex lives up here with me in the Upstate, and you've been up here in the Upstate for much longer than I, so you have dealt with – the trash talk, the nauseating orange and purple for years and years and years. So I'm going to give you the floor and just let you go ahead and get out and say whatever you'd like to say to the masses here on this Victory Tuesday. Chris, it's 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 just a great day to be a Gamecock. I don't I don't know what else to tell you. It's just like the sun is brighter, the air is fresher. 
you've got the bragging rights are back for 362 more days and it feels god that was just that was the cherry on top of a very wonderful thanksgiving weekend and man what a game alex didn't it have shades of 06 my guy didn't it didn't it It, it really it really did it It really did it felt like 06 all over again into in a couple of different ways it really did you got the noon kick. You got it coming down to a field goal. You got us down yeah. two scores. Like all of it, all of it, very shades of 06. Spencer Rattler doing his best Blake Mitchell impersonation. In that the was past, a little bit. It was key. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of good things that happened. Yeah, and we'll start there, Alex. Let's start, of course, with the offensive side of the ball. And I guess the question we all had going into the game, you know, this past weekend was and I guess everybody had, was Tennessee a fluke, right? Is the offense going to be able to follow up that great performance? And is Spencer Rattler, more, most importantly, going to be able to follow it up? We knew that the Clemson defensive front was a different challenge, right? I mean, their, their defensive line and linebackers, some of the best in college football, but you felt like you could win in the passing game. And it, it's funny, it got off to a slow start, right? I'll be honest, that pick six when Rattler threw it, that gave me that gave me shades of 2017 to Jake Bentley. And I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be like another just long, nauseating day? And like you mentioned, you fall down 14 to nothing. You had that red zone INT. But Spencer Rattler, you know, the whole drop your nuts mentality of this football team and the edge this football team played with over the last two weeks and the resiliency, I thought that really showed in Rattler's game. And, you know, again, Alex, I know you and I have talked a lot. Isn't it just crazy what the offense and what he looks like as a player when you take the handcuffs off and you just sort of let him go ball out? Just talk about what you saw from seven and just the overall offensive game plan on Saturday. I mean, it's, it's just been – it's been refreshing to watch for two weeks just to watch somebody who has that kind of talent be able to, you know, play freely within a system where you're not kind of pigeonholed, like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. It's just like you send him out there and, like, go make a play without, you know, check with me at the line or, you know, what other, whatever audibles are trying to call in there. Like he knows what to do. He's a talented kid. He's got a great arm. Let him go out there and show you what he can do. And that's exactly what he's done for two straight weeks. And admittedly, I thought that's what we were going to be looking at for 12 games. And (laughs) unfortunately it wasn't, Um, but you know, turn the corner. At the right your, time. You know, Alex, your your prediction in the preseason may not have been that crazy if that offense had shown up all season. That, that's the thing. I mean, you, 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 probably, you probably beat Arkansas. You, you definitely beat Missouri. And you might have a different result against Florida. I mean, you know. That's what I mean. It's just yeah. like, listen, I, I, admittedly, admittedly, <laughs> I didn't think Georgia was going to be this yeah. good again. I thought that was kind of going to be a regression year for them, just losing all those guys on defense. However, this is kind of what I thought our offense was going to look like the whole year. And I think in that instance, you know, you certainly don't have, you know, three of our losses this year to six and six teams. So, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like that could have worked better than it turned out working. Yeah. You know what I thought was so crazy, Alex, though, is like you think about Clemson's defense. I mean, they're elite. You know, I understand the competition they play, but like you look at, the recruiting rankings and like the guys that are NFL prospects, like there's nobody will debate you and say that their D line and linebackers are not elite. What's so crazy to me is that they knew we couldn't run it. Like, like we could not run it. We, we could not get a push like that. We, we ran for like 54 yards and Spencer Rattler was still able to carve them up. And then Nate Atkins does his best Patrick DeMarco. I, just, I, I don't that know was what wild. that was. <laughs> 
who was that, that person? Like we we don't throw him a ball all year, like, and then he's just making one-handed over-the-shoulder catches, like diving. I was like, okay, that might have been the catch of the season, like literally. <laughs> yeah. You you do you. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just crazy to me that like they knew we couldn't run it, and South Carolina was still able to just. And, and I thought what they did a good job of too. Speaking of the run game, though, is is not necessarily running the ball, but using. You know, we've complained about the swing. I know I have the swing passes and the screens, and I've nick, you know, I nicknamed him swing pass sat before. And but there's nothing I don't hate the plays when they work. And I thought what really worked out well on Saturday, I thought we did a good job of using those screens as sort of like extended handoffs. Like we couldn't yeah. run the ball, but those plays were sort of an extended handoff, if you will. When you're you know, when you're just able to pick up five, six yards easy, it's just it's just keeps your offense in those second and manageables, that those third and manageables and then that's when you really strikes. So I I thought they did a good job of that. I mean, overall, the and and we won't get into the debate of well, who was the mastermind behind it, but the just the the, the offensive game plan as a whole just I, I thought was fantastic and and just completely different from what we saw from the first ten games. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to speculate any further than that <laughs> because the situation has resolved itself, so it doesn't Indeed. matter anymore anyway. Yes, and we're gonna we're gonna get there, Alex, in just a second. Um, defensively, but, I mean, like if, if I may yeah. speculate, no, on go it ahead, for just yeah, a second because yeah. I can't let that go. Yeah, um, like just like it's two straight weeks where there's no check with me. There's no like screen pass being the focal point of our passing attack, and like that that just I don't know that's just a big change, and I don't I don't know where that change came from, but it's just a big change. And we basically abandoned the run for two straight games, and look where it got us. Again, speculate away, my guy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. No, I'm I, just pointing the, out a couple of things that were weird. Yeah, yeah, different, different for sure. <laughs> different, difference better. You know, defensively, Alex, that side of the ball. You know what I loved is that, and I've loved seeing the last two weeks is that, and this entire football team adopted it, but certainly defensively, playing with an attacking sort of like relentless attitude if you will taking chances I, I thought South Carolina brought pressure a lot because I'm sure again they knew and it proved itself to be true that and, and what I said all summer I, I just felt like DJU you know and he he had been you know he'd been on and off this year but most of the time he's off he's just he's just not that good like I, I don't know what else to say like lacks confidence and he did not look confident against South Carolina's defense and um, you know, I thought they did a great job of getting after him. Why did Clem Sucks not run the ball more? I, I don't know, nor do I care. Again, it's a fast, lot like 06. Question. A lot yeah. like 06. Just give it to Reggie Merriweather, right? Or, or CJ Spiller. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, like either one of them. Just give it to one of them. Uh, but either way, they didn't. And, uh, you know, South Carolina, I mean, you can't say enough good things about their defensive effort in the second half. I think you gave up like 89 yards in the second half. I think it was – five of their six offensive drives or six of seven or whatever went for like 25 yards or less. Heck, DJ had 99 yards passing and 49 of it came on one play. And you know, what was so interesting, Alex, the game was very similar to last year, but Carolina had an offense to go with their defense this year. That, that, that was the biggest difference. You know what I mean? But I just thought overall defensively, I thought what they did in the second half in that fourth quarter, man. And, you know, I know, I know sphincters were, we're tight, but like, I, and that may have attributed to some, to some, to some uh, cautious play calling on both sides. But I don't think you can say enough good things about that defense and what they did. 
No, they did an outstanding job. I mean, like a, a bit, them abandoning the run in the second half was a curious tactic, mm-hmm. I thought. But I mean, they they didn't score a point in the fourth quarter, and like that's when you needed them to step up, and they did. I, I wonder, Alex, if it's almost like an ego thing. Like they're seeing Spencer Rattler go down the field and and win in the passing game, and I just wonder if they're like, well, you know, we're we're gonna do that too. Like you know, it's like. No, you don't know. You don't I, think so. I don't think so. I just don't. I, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, we can go down this rabbit right, hole right, too. Right. But like, you know how we have been complaining for ten, well, really more than that, ten weeks about like kind of offensive strategy, offensive play calling. That offense really kind of fell off a cliff mm. once um, Jeff Scott left. And then now Tony Elliott's gone and you get, you know, DJ looks like a superhero playing Notre Dame two years ago with both of them on the sideline. And now he doesn't. And it's like that he's, he's a talented player. It's just, are you getting the most out of him? And it's, it's no, it's no different than what we've watched for 10 weeks this year. It's like, you, you know, Antoine Wells is a stud, you know, Spencer Rattler's a stud, you know, Josh Van's a stud. You know, Jaheim Bell's a stud. You're not getting the most out of your players mm-hmm. until something shifted. And, like, there's a part of me that wonders how much of that is playing into the struggles that we're seeing out of him. Because, like, you can't tell me that, like, the the, the, kid, the freshman we saw play against Notre Dame in 2020 just all of a sudden forgot how to play football. And that's just my two cents on it. I mean, yeah, there were, there were people I'll never forget when he was getting recruited. They said he was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's a bold take, but I mean, (laughs) no, I mean, number one overall draft pick. That's, that's tough to come by. Um, But you know, the other thing of that too, is they just, they happen to have two of those in a row Mm. and that just doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, Alex. I was just sitting here thinking I was wasting my time with the, the fire sap stuff. I should have been making fire streeter merch this whole time. I mean, I'd be probably retired by now. (laughs) Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, and again, like we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. But, like, you, you have that – it's just so weird to, like, watch that happen and then you promote w- from within. Yeah. Like, you have these two, like, I don't – neither here nor there, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Beamer ball. My goodness. I, to again, the moon. Again, to the moon, yeah. Special teams just – I mean, you just you, – you, we're at the point now where you, you really do – and I think people are already doing this, but now the nation knows, like, when you when you look at South Carolina football, you have to weigh the special teams facet of the game as heavily as you do the offense and defense. Because, I, I mean, look at the game Saturday. Kai Kroger, which we, we don't have to get into this. I mean, if you want to say – The Ray hell, Guy thing. If you yeah. want to say to hell with Ray Guy, I, I will understand it. Ray Guy's not my guy. That's all I know. I'm, I'm not a fan of Ray Guy today. I don't know. Well, um, I, I, I don't think Ray Guy had anything to do with the voting, but please <laughs> yeah, Ray Guy's like, I didn't do anything. Like, um, No, so, I mean, anyways, though, you look at Kai Crow. I mean, dude, it was just golf guy, right? I mean, it, dude was out there hitting 60 degrees at the one-yard line. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I don't, know, and it, I don't know how you put backspin on a football like that, but it's pretty cool. And I mean, I was gonna—I was thinking, man. I mean, again, you were—you were a specialist. You played with some, some good punters and kickers. And my God, Kai Kroger is—is, is, you know, he, he's up there. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like it feels like oh, yeah. he's up there. So, well, I mean, um, one of the one of those guys is still kicking. Indeed, yes, indeed, the man who made the kick in 06 and 
How about, by the way, shout out Mitch Jeter. I know Kai Kroger's getting love, but Mitch Jeter went 10 for 10 this year on field goals, which is interesting, by the way, Alex, because it feels like 10 field goals to kick in a season. That feels like a low number. It doesn't. Like that. I'm here for it. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, it's funny. Like you, you want to have a good punter, but ideally, he would never touch the field. I mean, that's and that's no disrespect to him. I'm sure he would agree with that. He's like, I hope I never kick a ball all season. But yeah, I mean, Mitch Jeter goes goes perfect. You know, hits that one, and again, it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like the one suck up hit in 06, which was a bomb. But you know, there's a lot of pressure on that kick. I mean, you're down. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, that was that was special teams is a huge part. You have the I thought it was just, like, so ironic and perfect. You know, again, Carolina comes in this game with, with Beamer ball to the moon, special teams, and it was almost like Clem Sucks let that get in their head. And they're like, well, we got to try to one-up Carolina, and let's do this trick play. And just the perfect poetic justice that was the fumble on that play. Like, it, would just, it just was perfect. It was perfect. And then, uh, you know, I, I won't dive into the, the story with the kid. Obviously, I think you know who I'm talking about, Zero. On, a, on Clemson's roster, but him fumbling, again, just poetic justice. It really was. And it, it, it was uh, the pendulum, it felt like, kind of finally swung back the other yeah. way. You know what I mean? In a yeah. lot of instances. So, um, But Beamer ball to the freaking moon, man, for sure. To Beamer the moon. To the freaking moon. Um, Alex, I, I'll just ask you again. I know you were watching the game. Just immediate thoughts, reactions, seeing that. I mean, I, I was literally – I mean, we were going crazy at Alehouse, but I was literally – tearing up at the end of the game I, I talked to a lot of buddies that had went to the game so they were people were crying in the stands and and uh you know it, it might to an outsider seem like a lot but when you think about the importance of this game how just long and frustrating it's been uh how frustrating of a eight nine years whatever it had been since Carolina had won and also I think what's important to note is to go eight and four and to find a way to go eight and four and and the the trajectory of the program and Beamer mentioned it in post game about, you know, after the game against Florida that he told the team, you can change the trajectory over these next two weeks. And uh, just your, your immediate reactions and thoughts here on this Tuesday as well, in regards to the win, what it means for Carolina in the short term and the long term. Like, like, like the emotional roller coaster of it, I think, you know, you lose to your rival. That's going to happen. So be it. Like we will be talking on this podcast at some point in the future bemoaning what happened in this game i think where it got like a, like a real like dirt in the eye we're gonna rub your head in the ground was the trajectory of their program and the trajectory of our program we're going in such completely opposite directions where you know for big stretches of that seven game losing streak you walked into that game knowing you had no chance and, you know, to put, you know, the icing on that terrible cake, they're going to play for the national championship. And it's just like we couldn't have been in more opposite quadrants. Mm. And to, like, to have that kind of circle back towards the middle and us come out on top, I think, is where the majority of that emotion is coming from. And it's just it was just special to watch. It just felt like finally, you know, we've kind of climbed back up from this – well, we fell down into seven years ago. We'll call I, it the Muschamp well. I, I was literally about to say credit to uh, William Lawrence Muschamp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Beamer's already done something Muschamp could never do. Win the yeah. rivalry. I, I mean, and I'm just, you know, just saying. I mean, we were, I'm, I promise I'm not a begrudged ex over here. I've, I've let the past go, but I just, 
just wanted to point out a fact. Just wanted to point out a fact. Um, Alex. I have grudges. I have many okay. grudges with that <laughs> period, enough. but that yeah, will go no, on. Yeah, just <laughs> – Fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, I don't think I'd have as much a grudge if he wasn't also winning rings now. That, that, that's just tough. That's tough to stomach. That, that, one's, that doesn't seem fair. That does I mean, not like it, seem it, fair. And you know? the university wasn't writing him checks every month. Right. <laughs> I'm sure they, when they, they grit their teeth a little bit when they cut that one every month. That's for sure. I guarantee you it was yeah. a little easier the last two. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. Alex, again, you know, it's funny. We sit here now. Regular season over, eight and four, which I, I said all summer. I'd sign up for eight and four in a heartbeat. And, you know, so I'm ecstatic over the moon. I mean, it's it's how it happened was, which this season's a perfect microcosm of, I mean, and I'm always going to give predictions. Predictions are what make college football so fun, right? Like we sit all summer and speculate. and We kind of almost like, it's almost like we actively daydream. That's what we do. We actively daydream about what the possibilities, but, a season like this just goes to show you that nobody can predict college football. It's impossible. I mean, you just – you can't predict what you're going to – especially when it comes to Gamecock football week in, week out. But, Alex, to the point, it's funny how things work themselves out, isn't it? Because now we sit here on this Tuesday, South Carolina is actively looking for a new OC because Marcus Satterfield has accepted the job at Nebraska to go work for his buddy Matt Rule. And, uh, you know, I, I said it just before you came on. I, I got to imagine Shane Beamer is sitting there today – almost letting out a sigh of relief and thinking like this could not have played out any better. And, and I know there's a very small percent that are like, well, maybe we should have kept sad on. I, I think I'd venture to say 98 or 99% of Gamecock Nation is like, this is just like, like we couldn't have dreamed up a better scenario than what we're seeing right now. Your overall thoughts on Satterfield's departure. Are there any names early on, leaders in the clubhouse for you that you'd like to see? And I think the question more so importantly I have for you is schematically and philosophically what you'd like to see from the next offensive coordinator. I don't honestly even know if there's anything schematic I want to see from it. I think I just wanted to see somebody that plays to your strength. Like that you don't have like this idea in your head that like – this is what we're going to do no matter what. Like, play to your strengths. Play away from your weaknesses or try to hide your weaknesses in a creative way. Like, just do – like, you look at our team for the majority of this year, and, and again, it's just like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like, do what you're good at. Like, it, you know, if you come into a year – I mean, like, the, the perfect example of that is, like, you know, we get – Spurrier's coming in here, and you think you're going to have this, like, unbelievable throw-it-all-over-the-field fun and gun. Like, when in reality, the only year we really did that was Dylan Thompson. Like, every other year, he had to kind of shift his scheme a little bit to fit the players that we had on the field. That's what I want to see. Somebody who can mold and – or not mold, but just kind of change course with what they expected to do and do what's best with the guys that you have. That's what I want to see. That being said, I'd love to see, like, Kendall Bryles. Garrett Riley. I feel like, honestly, I wouldn't be mad if it was Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I, I think Riley's probably the guy that is on the wish list that if, if Carolina could throw the bag and get him, I think that would be I, – I would I would think it's a safe – I think it's safe to say you'd label that as a home run hire. I really do. I, I Yeah. Especially you look at, like, what TCU's doing. I mean, you know, I, I and his background and, and yeah, I, I think that would be, in my opinion, the home run. Um, but I, I guess I'd venture to say you're, you're not too upset that, uh, that Satterfield has taken the job in Lincoln. 
I don't think you're one of those people I mentioned that are sad about it. Put it that way. Shout out Matt Rule. <laughs> the real MVP. The real MVP. Making things happen. Love that. No, it's – I don't know. Like, Brian Johnson, who, like, we interviewed, I believe, for the head coaching job back in 2020. Like, I think he'd be an outstanding hire. Um, he's up at the Eagles now. Um, well, I know Brennan Marion's another one at Texas, the wide receiver coach people are talking about. The OC at Texas Tech is another one. Um my, my good I don't think Brad I don't think that one's like because I read something about him that said like tech was his alma mater so I think that's gonna be tough to drag him away from yeah. um the guy Phil at Wake Forest Phil would be Longo. good yeah, yeah I don't yeah. want any, I don't want any part of Phil Longo you don't want any part of Phil Longo okay I don't um well, I'm, I'm just giving you the names on this list so um uh, <laughs> Kevin Barbe at App State I don't know much about him but but Brian Johnson's the one you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach um yeah yeah because he was because he was the OC of Florida when Kyle Trask was throwing it all over the field. Yeah, um, he was OC at uh, Utah for a while too, where they yeah. had you know really good Bryles, offenses. Bryles does seem very—I don't know if likely. I don't want to say likely because I don't want people to think I've got some scoop that it's going to happen. But like that one makes a lot of sense because Justin Step is on staff and they've got a great relationship, and you know what I mean. Like I'm sure Step could lure him but it's but it's interesting Alex I was talking to a buddy about this this morning that isn't it funny like I you know I feel like 95 percent of fan bases are don't love their OC like even Kendall Bryles like Arkansas fans are, are ready for him to get out and it's like it's it's just one man's trash is another man's treasure type deal when it comes to I mean, there's just very few fan bases that you go and look, and there's just like a hundred percent approval rating with the OC. But like you mentioned, playing to the strengths, I, I, I want to see a spread up tempo, modern. I mean, I, I think if nothing else, we can all agree that the, the, the NFL pro style thing just no throw that in the garbage. Just well, I mean, but that's uh, but I mean that was the same reason I didn't want um, what's his face that came in with Muschamp. Roper. No, uh, the last one. Uh oh, Bobo. Yeah, it was the same reason I didn't want that. It was just like we, if you got if you have the Jimmys and Joes to run that, like, good for you. Yeah. We just but don't. very few do, but very yeah. few do. And I and I would and I think too, Alex. Like you look at, um, and it's 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 a bit infuriating when you look at the last two games and think about what could have been. But I think the greater lesson in this is that yes, defense played with their hair on fire. Special teams, Beamer Ball to the Moon was incredible but you won the last two games because of the offense. Like you need an explosive offense to go beat teams like that. You know, and so it's like the, the formula's there. You know, you can't run some slow, boring, monotonous. Like you need to score, you know, 35 plus per game realistically to have a good shot to get, I think, where you want to go. So, um you know, proof's in the pudding. Proof's literally in the pudding. You don't beat Clemson if the offense would have stunk. Like, just – No. You know, bottom line. So, yeah. So, anyways. Um, we're now into bowl projection season. Of course, tonight we will get uh, college football playoff rankings. Sunday we'll find out where Carolina's bowling. Do you have any preferences? We've heard Tampa. We've heard uh, Jacksonville, of course. I mean, the fact I think we're going to a Florida bowl game is, is, is yeah, uh, I mean. ideal. But, I mean, I – do you, do you have a preference at all? My, I, mean, I, I no. will say, I think if we got the Re, the Reliant Quest, which formerly known as the Outback Bowl, if we got the Tampa Bowl game, could be some legendary content with old Steven Garcia down there. 
I, I, I gotta I, say, I can't imagine what you're referring to, but yeah, I would imagine <laughs> he's probably got some good stuff. Ro- roach infestation for sure. From, from the I, just, just to play in a New Year's Day bowl again, I think is. Yeah, I mean, I think we're either going to play December 30th or January 3rd. So, yeah, I mean, the fact we're playing that around that time of year in Florida, weather should be good, I think is, uh, you know, and I, I've seen some projections, but, dude, if you could play like a Notre Dame, that'd be incredible. I'd love to yeah, see yeah. a game like that. I, I mean, whatever. I, I know that the bowl game for some might be a little bit of a side note. Like, you're playing with house money, obviously, but, uh, you know, we saw last year, man, of the impact of a bowl game and winning a bowl game and, and the positives that can come from it, especially the way you ended this regular season, man. I mean, if you thought the hype was big coming into coming into this season, it could be even more, you know, next preseason. So, um, Alex McGrath joins us every Tuesday. Alex, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Any any last words? Any parting words? Of course, I've I've had my fun, or I'm still having my fun, but I, my head was spinning for about seventy two hours of just nonstop. Uh, tomfoolery if you will but uh that's fair i mean let let me let me how's it been for you navigating in the upstate this week and like you said i guess thanksgiving weekend was was much sweeter but uh, i'm I'm sure the clem sucks folks you come in contact with have been a little 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 more hesitant to talk ball this week than they probably normally would be you know honestly everybody's been pretty nice about it there, it's it's like no one's no one's coming in with sour grapes or like crowing. I mean, it, it has it's been you know congratulations. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on with our program follow ups. So you know it, it hasn't been bad. Um, it's just it's it, you know there's there's no car flags, there's no there's no purple shirts, <laughs> there's no orange shirts. It's just to your, it's delightful. To your point to your point too though. Like if you're if you're Joe with the water cooler and like being a an ass to your coworkers, like you're you're kind of it says a lot about you, I think. Anyways, I would agree with what, that. What yeah, I, I don't know that in your practice, like it's 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 like all right, get your head out of your ass. We got a job, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, like More leave of that, that. Leave that at home, my guy. Leave that at yeah. home. But either way, it, it feels good. I, I know it's sweet, man. I, I know that. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I was telling Steven this yesterday, but I had I had guys like Nathan Pepper and Brian Maddox and, and, and other old former players reaching out to me over the weekend and just seeing Gamecock Nation jubilant and celebrating. And it was uh, just incredible. Much needed, too. Absolutely much needed. I think a lot of it, a lot of the celebration was also a sigh of relief that, like, we finally got this off our back and and, uh, you know, because it felt like for a little bit, you're like, I don't know if we can ever beat these guys. And, and, and sure enough, Beamer turns it around. And now we sit here and we'll we'll wait on the bowl destination. So, Alex, that being said, man, I appreciate you. Like I said, we'll be in touch in regards to future plans. I, we're obviously going to have you on here for the bowl game and then after the bowl game. But uh, I'll kind of let you know the game plan before. But always appreciate your time, man. It was a fun regular season for sure. And looking forward to uh, chatting about the bowl game here soon. I'll try I'll, Next year, I'll try to keep my predictions a little less – I mean, my guy, if you it? keep predicting an SEC championship, maybe some point you'll be right. Maybe. Well, and, and, well, now hold on. I didn't say championship. I just oh, thought we'd okay. win the East. Well, at some point you might be right. So. <laughs> I mean, apparently, Alex, I picked six and six, three and five last year. We went six and six, three and five. I picked eight and four, four and four this year. We went eight and four, four and four. So next year I just have to pick 12 and up. I mean, that, that's just bottom line. Because apparently I'm speaking things into existence without realizing Listen, man, you, you get you get Rattler back, you get Juice Wells back, 
You Put get the SEC back. on high alert. Put them on high alert. I mean, nope. I'm not going to talk myself into it again. Nope, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm not I doing it. it. I love it. I love it. Alex, appreciate you, man. We'll uh, we'll Absolutely, talk soon. Absolutely, buddy. All right, see you, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Alex McGrath, awesome stuff. Great conversation. Appreciate him taking the time, guys. We are going to jump into a quick break on the other side. Hey, there's no Shane Beamer presser today, so we got tons of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on this Tuesday. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Guys, appreciate you all. I see Brack saying Alex is one of my favorite interviews. Uh, appreciate the kind words and the positive feedback. And, uh, of course, guys, after this week, there will be some adjustments made to our daily guest lineup. Um, it's inevitable, right? I mean, the season ends. We don't have any games to talk about in regards to Carolina football, right? So uh, just stay tuned. I, I don't know exactly yet. I've got to set my calendar for December and kind of look at how we're going to do content, how we're going to navigate things. But uh, what a season of content it's been, man. I mean, I, we obviously have the rest of this week and everything to talk about the game and, and Gamecocks football and stuff. But just, you know, the regular season, with the regular season being in the books, what, what a regular season. I mean, in regards to just content bleeding out the eyeballs and having daily – daily guests on and, and, and daily live interviews and conversations. It's just been remarkable. It's been incredible. Uh, somebody, 12 Chris Smith says, was the Astat bet for 10 wins or for eight? My guy, I, I can assure you it was for 10. Yeah. It's crazy, though, how close we came. It's crazy. My dude, I picked us to go eight and four. I would not have made that bet for an eight-win season. I would not have made that bet for an eight-win season. Garrett H., is Sack going to be gone now, or will he coach the bowl? Uh, I would have to imagine he's gone now. I, I don't understand. I, I just can't fathom him coaching the bowl game. I don't see it. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Robbie Davis is Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this uh, last Tuesday of November. I'm doing great. I appreciate you asking, man. Doing really well. What's going on? I don't really. Whenever you were talking about, you know, who's going to possibly be the new OC, right? Before Alex came on. Yeah. I personally don't really care who we get as long as we're able to move the football because there was times this year with Satterfield's offense, we couldn't move the football to save our lives. Okay. Florida was a shit show. The game against Florida was an absolute shit show. 
shouldn't have been a shit show because Florida was not that good. But for some reason that night they played very well and we did not. But I want to see us get a offensive coordinator, one that Beamer believes in Mm -hmm. and also is the right guy that can make it to where we're getting five to five to ten yards a pop mm-hmm. for a play. Now the main now the issue is that concerns me the issue that concerns me about this is with this new O C coming in that we're pro- that, that, that 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 we're that we're that we're gonna probably wind up getting, right? with the new OC that we're going to have to get. How long is it going to take for everything to gel? And I think that's one of the main concerns after after this season. That's one of the main concerns for Gamecock fans everywhere is how long is it going to take for the, for the, the, new, the next person? How long is it going to take for the offense to gel? And we don't want to see another situation to where it's game 10 or 11 and we're finally getting clicking. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm concerned about. Yeah, I mean, for sure, the, the transition period. Um, you know, I, I think the number one goal and I think what people just want to see is just see our talent utilized to its fullest potential. I think that's that's yeah. the number one thing I think people want to see. And that, that was – that was what was so frustrating, and it, and it got proven, right, is that we weren't utilizing the talent. I mean, dude, we had more success offensively against Tennessee than we did against South Carolina State. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's sense. crazy. This doesn't make any sense. So No. Um, yeah, I think people just want to know, see, that's going to put the, put the talent that we do have in place in the best possible positions to be successful on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah. And I, and I don't get me wrong. Okay. Was I a little bit concerned when Satterfield came back for this year? Yeah, I was, but I was, I thought, I also thought to myself, if you let him go after one year, no offensive court. No offensive coordinator is going to want to come here because you're cutting ties with OCs at the end of the year. So, I definitely think it was a good idea to bring him back. And I have no ill will towards Satterfield. Best of luck in Nebraska. Okay, best of luck in Nebraska. What 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 have you? But we need a guy that not only believe that not only believes in himself, but believes in the coaching staff that Beamer has and, and the, and the players that he has and is willing to adjust when necessary, because that's one of the things that I noticed with Satterfield. He, there was a lot of times where he did not adjust properly and it was a, it was a crapshoot. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've said before, I, th- I thought it was the right move for, <clears throat> for for Beamer to bring him back, I, I thought it was a smart move, and you know, thankfully it worked out. 
as well as it possibly could have. I mean, it worked out as well as it possibly could have. So I, I uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And again, it played out well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish Sat nothing but the best at, at uh, Nebraska. And I'm, I'm glad he's not on our sideline anymore. I mean, I'll just be totally honest. I'm, I'm, I am glad that, uh, yeah. that we are getting to, 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 get, to have a change and he gets to have a change. I think it's just best for all parties. I really do. I think it's the best move for all parties and excited to see uh, who we bring in. Yeah. And for those of you that are think that 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 are, are that are basketball fans like I am, the women's game tonight is on SEC Network. Just in case nobody knew. I mean, I know they probably know, but just in case. Mm. Yeah, UCLA, a top fifteen game. Top fifteen game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy. I think I and I don't know if Boston got hurt on Sunday. I don't know if she's going to – I don't know if she – because she was in a boot. Yeah, I did see that. I, I think she In, like, the be, third quarter. Yeah, I don't know the full extent. I don't think it's anything long-term. But I was just – whenever I saw her in the boot, I was like, I'm hoping that's just as a precaution and nothing serious. Cause, yeah. And I'm not saying we don't have the talent because we do, but with Boston on the floor, we're a whole different team. I mean, yeah, you you lose the best player in women's college basketball. That that would probably hurt your hurt your roster. So you know, I, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know again the full extent of it, but uh, thankfully it doesn't seem like it's anything long term. So we'll have to see if she'll go tonight. I don't know. And uh, I'll uh, and later on today, I'll watch some YouTube videos of George Washington. Seeing as we play George Washington tomorrow, the men the men do. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch some YouTube videos, analyze it, and then give him my 10 cents tomorrow. Will do. Looking forward to it, Robbie. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be diving into the basketball content much, much heavier. Uh, really, starting tomorrow, I'd say. So, but my prediction for the game tonight. Wait, is the game being played at UCLA or in – No, no, it's, it's at CLA. It's at our spot. Okay, okay. Home. Well, I, I think I think we'll take care of business. I think we'll win the final – I think it'll be closer than most people are expecting. I don't really know how good – I mean, I'm, I'm, guess, I'm guessing they're pretty good as soon as they're like 15th or whatever. Mm-hmm. But – I think we. I think I think our talent will will show, will definitely show itself like it has been at the start of this season, and I think we. I think we'll. I think we'll win by ten. I think we'll. I think we'll take care of business and win by ten. I think the score will be uh, seventy to sixty, Carolina. Seventy to sixty. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I yeah. think I think they'll get the dub tonight as well. I mean, it's, it's like I told you, man. I, I I don't know why you'd ever pick them to lose. <laughs> like, I it's just, I mean, we're just we're just better than everybody. Unless so, yeah, we're playing, you, unless we're playing, unless we're playing UConn, that's where it gets a bit different. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I but yeah. And if Saturday was the last time. I'll see Rattler in a Carolina uniform. Thank you, sir, for making this a great season for a lot of reasons, and especially for us taking care of business 
Saturday afternoon in the fake Death Valley. Because mm-hmm. like I said before, the real Death Valley is in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited because with us going eight and four, that shows recruits that, hey, something, something, something great is going on in Columbia, and I want to be a part of it. Indeed, no, I'm I'm excited, and man. We I, got I we got signing Phoenix, day in a couple Phoenix, weeks. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's crazy that we went from being what two and ten in 2020 to to six and six, and now we're eight and four, possibly nine and four if we wind up pulling off the bowl win. But um, but yeah, it's been it's been a great calendar year for Carolina sports just taking care of business indeed but uh, I'm going to go ahead and get off of here Uh, you have a great rest of your day and I will probably most likely call tomorrow Robbie you're the man appreciate you have a good one man thank you yeah man you too take care Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. You know, it's interesting. People, it's a lot of it's the society we live in, and I'm, I'm guilty of it at times, but we're so, we're so quick to – we're so quick to critique and criticize, but we're so hesitant to give praise. And I, and I just – you know, I heard so much negativity and, and so many – criticisms of, of Spencer Rattler and his character. And he, he's a bad teammate. Have you seen the QB one documentary? Have you watched the, the four-year-old documentary? Look at this, look at that, look at him in Oklahoma. Like I heard so many negative things about his attitude and how bad of a teammate he was, how selfish he was. And, you know, I, I, I don't know why that's not talked about more. And we don't give more credit to the fact that Spencer Rattler for 10 games, it was a very tough season for him. Very tough. And at no point this year was his attitude, his body language, his leadership or lack thereof, at no point was that a storyline. No point. Think about that. No point. We did not talk about that once. Didn't talk about that once. He just kept his head down, kept fighting, saying the right things, doing the right things. And sure enough, last two games, thankfully, it worked out for him and he played his best football. I I just don't know why we don't talk about that more. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge that and to recognize and appreciate the job that Spencer Rattler did under center. Even hearing the scrutiny of maybe he should be benched. I I just think it's something we should note and and give credit to. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Donald? What's up, man? How are you? Okay, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Hey, um, listen. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be honest about it. I'm I'm not a game top fan, but I do watch your show. I mean, listen to you. I do the same thing you do for Florida State University. I think us and you and y'all team have had a great turnaround this year. I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of us. But uh. In our locker room, we're kind of hoping we get to play y'all in a ball game, to be honest with you. And uh, I wanted your thoughts on that right there, what you think that game would be like. 
I'd, I'd love to see Carolina Florida State. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't watched every single Florida State game this year, but I think the – and I guess I don't know. You know, I was about to say I think the quarterback matchup would be legendary, but I, I don't know that Rattler would play in the bowl game, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but, you know, you just don't know in this yeah. day and age of opt-outs and everything. So, uh, but no, I mean, I, you know, I think it'd be, it'd be fun, I think, to – you know, Florida State is a brand. It's a name. It's, it, I, I, view, I would view that as a – a big time opponent. I think that'd be a, a fun opponent. I think both fan bases would obviously travel, and um, yeah, I think that'd be a fun. Okay. One. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it personally. Hey, and, and just to let you know, this weekend I, I, I live up here near Atlanta, but uh, like I said, I got I do the same thing that you do. I do a podcast. I, mm. I go to all the games. I haven't missed the game. I haven't missed the game in fifteen years. Home or away from Florida State University. I love them. That's my team. But this weekend. I will be at the SEC championship game behind the LSU uh, stand, you know, behind their team with my Florida State cell phone <laughs> to remind them that we beat them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Perfect troll job. But anyway, I love man, that. Hey, man, listen, I'm proud of our team, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of y'all. Um, and, I, and I know you don't give a rip about the ACC, but look at who the number one team in the ACC is, who they just put the number one up. Yeah. I love it, man. I yeah, no, I, I think I think FSU and Mike Norvell are on the rise, man. I, and I, I know Gamecock fans, we'd love to see it because we'd like to see somebody knock uh, knock Clemson off their off their pedestal in that conference, yeah. if you will. So, I mean, hey, Florida well, State, well, well, my, I know you hate Miami, but Vatek and Miami and Florida State and all these AC teams getting good is a good thing because it knocks Clemson out. So, yeah, that's exactly right, man. And you know, and. And with this, with this, uh, in the ACC next year, and just, I think I think the ACC is doing it too. I don't know if it's going to be next year or not, but next year in the ACC, there's no divisions anymore. So the top two teams will play mm. for the ACC championship. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a, that's to me that that is an awesome thing to do. That way, I mean, I, I'm not taking anything, but you know, away from LSU. Don't get me wrong, because they have shows they can play football. And they can, they can, they have shows. They can be total trash. You know what I mean? So this way, it, it'll get the two best teams. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's a good thing for college football. Mm. Absolutely, I think it is as well. My guy, so listen, dude, hey, hey enjoy the SEC championship, man. That should be a lot of fun. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll send you, I'll send you some pictures and stuff of it. You know. Again, I, I like what Norvell's doing. I think FSU's on the rise, man. So, and I was not mad to yeah, see man. y'all uh, y'all beat Florida. That's for sure. So, <laughs> I imagine you would. Mm. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen, it was a great talking to you. I'm gonna say go Noles, and uh, I hope the game's hot. Whoever who they play, they have a good game, even if it's against us. Indeed. Now, I, I, if it is South Carolina FSU, definitely looking forward to it. Maybe we can do some work together, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, hey, man, listen, I actually, I, I sent you a message on your page, you know, asking you about that, you know, like, if, uh, you know, you could, I could talk to you 
I know y'all had a good time. I know y'all had a real good time. Yeah, we did, just like y'all did, man. And, and like I said, congratulations on y'all two big wins the last two weeks. And uh, go Noles, and uh, good luck to y'all, whoever y'all play. Yeah, man, best of luck to y'all as well. We'll talk soon, my man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Yeah, man, be good. Take care. Appreciate you. Eating chicken and catfish. I love it. Love it. Maybe we'll switch up TDC and talk about that a little bit. Uh, anyways, guys, phone line's still open, 843-790-3377. Again, guys, I mentioned it yesterday, but I want to say thank you to everyone for the the love and support on the merchandise side of the business. I mean, merch just blew up this weekend, and uh, can't say thank you enough. Uh, also, just to give you a little bit of a content update, guys, tomorrow's pod will be – I will list my top – five OC candidates, just my top five guys. And then I'll also break down the men's basketball game tomorrow. Gamecocks take on George Washington tomorrow night. Nine o'clock tip, by the way. A late one. Late, late tip. Uh, and then Friday's show. Friday's going to be very, very fun because Friday we will do our postseason report card. And, well, you know what? We could split it up. We may split it up. We're definitely going to do the postseason uh, report card show on Friday. Uh, we'll have a postseason award show as well. I might separate that into two separate shows. I might do that Friday, Monday, something like that. But either way, that's around the corner. Uh, postseason report card and postseason awards as well. Because I can tell you this, Kai Kroger, Kai Kroger, you got snubbed. You got snubbed in regards to the Ray guy. We will not snub our guy, Kai Kroger, though. Coach Ford says, Chris, do you have a contact to get a regional or national person on show to discuss and illustrate best OC choices? Uh, I do. I could I could bring on a guy for sure. Yeah. Um, I got a guy in mind right now we could bring on. So, yeah, maybe we can do that, Coach Ford. Maybe we can do that. So, but, uh, you know, I I think, Coach Ford, the, the names, you know, the, the, the candidates you're going to be hearing are, are names you already know, right? Riley, uh, Bryles, Marion. Longo, like like those are probably going to be the top names. So, anyways. Austin Greer says, Portal's going to be crazy this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I see people commenting about, I guess this is people talking about the bowl game. If Rattler opts out of the bowl game, who would be the, who would be the quarterback? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I you know, does Doty want to save his red shirt, right? I mean, I, I say why not let Dak be the guy? Oh, you know, I, then again, though, it's you say that, but then it's like if you have an opportunity to play a, a Braden Davis or a Tanner Bailey, and if you really, like, believe in one of those two guys that they could be the future, why wouldn't you let them kind of get some experience if you I, – I, I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, That's something Beamer will have to handle. That's something Beamer had to figure out. And Brent Brooks says, why would Rattler opt out of the bowl game? Well, I mean, if, if Rattler's going to go to the draft, uh, you know, I don't know why he would play in the bowl game. I, you know, again, I, I'd love to see Rattler play. I, I really would. I, I'd love to see Rattler come back. I just, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say, right? Because it's like, did, did Rattler do enough in the last two games to put enough on tape to make the move, to make the jump? if you will. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Guys, let's uh, let's jump into another break. On the other side, though, we'll keep it coming with your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow.
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-337. That's 843-790-337. Travi, what time does USA play? I don't think I even knew they played today. My bad on that. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I'm not a I mean I, I know it's the World Cup. I'm I'm not a soccer guy, man. I got I, if that I guess if I'm not unpatriotic by any means, but I'm just not a soccer guy, like at all. Not a soccer guy. 2 p.m. Okay. All right. Well, we we'll be right off in time then. Yeah, I'm just I'm not soccer just doesn't move the needle for me. I I, I know it's the World Cup. I, I know, I know, but yeah. I mean, I know some people really get into it. Win or go home. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll cut it on in the background. Maybe. Um, let's see. I guess Chase is, Chase is responding. I don't even know if I asked the question, but he's responding to it. Is Rattler, has he done enough to go to the draft? And Chase says, I don't think he has. Two games were great, but he still threw two bad picks this week. I don't know how much the scouts put into that. In my opinion, he needs to come back and put 12 games together like the last two weeks. But money talks. If he and his agent think he'll be drafted where he wants to go to be, then go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, Chase, you, you put it pretty well. I, you know, I guess here's what you have to keep in mind. And anybody who's played, especially a collegiate sport or, or kind of, of kind of – or has just followed the draft before, right? You're You're going to understand this, that – Statistics don't mean a ton when it comes to getting drafted. I mean, do they help? Sure. But, like, look at Jalen Foster last year, right? And I know it's a different position, but look at Jalen Foster. Dude was an all-SEC player. All-American. He was an all-American player. But it's more so, guys, about projectability. And it's more so about measurables and, and things like that. I mean, you look at the sport of baseball. I know it's a different sport, but... I mean, you see guys that don't even play a whole lot get drafted, and why do they get drafted? It's not because of stats. It's because the player – it's not because of the player that they are. It's the player they project them to be in three, four, five years. And so, scouts might look at a Spencer Rattler and say, hey, we don't really care about your statistics. Like, we've seen the arm talent, right? We can mold you into what we want you to be. But – Rattler's got some things you can't teach, right? I mean, that that arm talent he has, you can't teach that. You either got that or you don't. So, it's all about projectability. It's all about measurables. It's you know, again, I you know, I, I talked about Jalen Foster. It's it's just you know, great college. Some guys are just great college players, and, and I mean, I know it's it might seem unfair, but it's just it's just how it works. It's just how it works. So, um. You know, I think a lot of it will depend on Rattler and, and again, where he is projected to go. Could NIL play a part? Maybe. I mean, maybe if he doesn't love where he's being projected to get picked and South Carolina is able to put together an NIL package that is enticing enough for him to, you know, consider returning, then who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe he is a guy that decides to – to return. And, and I mean, my goodness, I know all selfishly, we'd all love that, right? Selfishly, we'd love to see that. But again, if I, if I was a, if I was a betting man, I, I'd put my money on that Rattler will not be here next year. I, I just, I, I just have a feeling. And I always felt like from the jump, I felt like from the jump, this was going to be a one year thing. I, I did. I felt like this was going to be a one year thing. You know, if, if he had played poorly the last two weeks, 
and Carolina had finished six and six, and I, I could have seen it. I, I could have seen it for sure. But I think the last two weeks, the way he finished the season, I, I think that I think he's done enough there. I really do. I think he's done enough to, uh, you know, to where I think scouts will look at that and say, okay, there it is. There's that talent we were talking about. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But I, I, I would say this. I, I would say this, and and my words will fall on deaf ears. But you know, guys, we we all have selfish intentions, right? Let's just call it for what it is, right? We, we, we do, we do. But if a guy like Rattler, Wells, Bell, I, I don't care who it is, these guys, if, if they do decide to go pro, either wish them well and support them or just say nothing because it, it you, you're not accomplishing much of anything by, by telling a kid how stupid he is for going to the draft or telling him how, how foolish he is or how he's going to regret the decision. It, what's the point? What's the point, you know? And I'm not saying don't, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the decision and I'm sure there'll be people that'll be critical of it. But I mean, I just, I'm not going to harp on and, and tell Spencer Rattler's a complete idiot if he goes pro. It's, it's his decision. It's his life. He wants to go pro. He So be it. I mean, I guess it just is what it is. So, all right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I had another question. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I say hypothetically that uh, Spencer goes to want to draft next year. Um, what, what, who do you think will be the QB starting QB next year? Yeah, no, it's it, it's you know it's tough to project so far out because you know transfer portal exists, and you know maybe you go back and yeah, or maybe you go back to the portal and get a guy. I I, I tend to think though it's either going to be Bailey or Davis. I really do. Maybe Luke Doty. Maybe yeah. Luke Doty. Um. Yeah, maybe Luke Doty's the guy. I, you know, again, really, really tough to project. Uh, I mean, I can tell you and this. Joyner's I, the, and Joiner's the senior too, isn't he? Like, uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Joiner, Joiner actually has another year, and I did not realize that. So oh. he has a, so he's got a decision on if he wants to come back or not. I, I mean, I, I don't know what to carry on Joiner's going to do. Um, you know, on one hand, you say to yourself, I mean, many people say, why, why rush into adulthood? Why not stay in college and play college football? And, but on the other hand, I mean, he's been, right. he's been in college a long time, man, and he might be ready for the next chapter of life. And, you know, you just never know. So, I, I, I think that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get back in this combo, but I don't think DeGaron Joyner returning <laughs> – I don't think he would be legitimately yeah. a, a an option for the starting quarterback. Again, I, let's just let's just not even dive down that rabbit hole. Um, I think either Doty Davis or Bailey though would be it'd be one of those three guys. Um, it'd be one of those three guys. So, see, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. But I mean, Doty, yeah, I mean, he, I don't know, it's just like up and down with him, like, uh, like. He he would start beginning of the game and then he gets gets another like he gets an interception or he incompletes a pass. I, in my opinion, I just think I don't know. I, he's not really that good of a player that people think he is. Luke Doty, you're talking about? Yeah, and I feel like that they like I, I'm a Gamecock fan for life, no matter what. But I'm not, I'm not trying to hate or anything. But just after watching what Luke Doty did, you know, say for instance, like the end of the Georgia game, uh, he threw an interception or pick six, whatever that was. Uh, so that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Sanford Bailey had an offer from, like, Alabama or Georgia. If he's that good, then put him in. Like, mm-hmm. same thing for, for Rattler. Like, why would you not start Rattler? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, I, I guess I'd say this, though, about Luke Doty, is I, I'd be surprised what Doty could do in a different system. I really would. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't seen a healthy Luke Doty in a system that's not Marcus Satterfield. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with different OC, maybe they could coach him up and all. I mean, I guess we'll see until next year. Um, hopefully, Garrett Riley will become the next OC. But I, great. I, I think. Yeah, I mean that he, he's going into he's going to the playoffs. I doubt he's gonna get hired right then and there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. It's I think depending on the guy, depending on who it is, is it will, will, will kind of give us the the timeline, if you will. I think depending on who they can get. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, that that's all. That's all I need. I appreciate it, man. Hunter, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Great stuff from Hunter calling in. Uh, again, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. We got the chatter going about. Brian Lattimore says in the TDC Question Channel, he says, honestly, if it weren't for NIL, he'd be gone. No question. With the last two games in NIL, he has a legitimate reason to come back for one more year. Uh, quick question: I see Corey Bridges coming. Is this Corey Bridges, the former receiver, my buddy Corey Bridges, or is this a random Corey Bridges? I'm just curious because he says Corey Bridges says, my buddy that works for the East West Bowl out in Vegas has said his projection is after the fourth, and so NFL scouts are advising him to go back to school, but whether he does or not is up to him. So, I mean, I, dude, I mean, I, again, obviously, selfishly, guys, I, I'd love to see Rattler back. I, I, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love to see Spencer Rattler back. I mean, the, guys, if you got Rattler back, the, the number one, you would crush in the portal. You would crush. There would be so many big-time wide receivers that would want to come play and just big-time offensive guys that want to come play with Spencer Rattler, right? So you have that and then the just the, I mean, the hype and the momentum. I mean, it would be it would be insane. It would be insane. So, obviously, I think selfishly we'd all love to see him back, but he's got to make that decision. He's got to make that decision. So we'll see what he decides – moving forward so Travi says how's our O-line look next year we're losing a decent amount yeah Travi I, mean, I, th- I think the big question for next year is going to be on the line of scrimmages for sure uh you're going to be playing I think some young guys I, and again I think that's why you're seeing them recruit on the line of scrimmage so hard um so you know I think that's why I think that's why you're seeing them recruit the way they are so yeah, Michael Brock, Nate Atkins was fantastic. Yeah, Nate Atkins was absolutely fantastic. So, Dylan, I see Dylan Drives talking about Spencer Rattler's whip. Didn't uh, didn't uh, Jim Hudson give him a car? Right? Or did I dream that? Here, we got a text here. Let's see. From Tyler. He says, Chris, first off, screw Clemson. Second, I was one of Spencer's biggest critics, and I'll be the first to apologize to him. His play these last two weeks has been absolutely brilliant. Be the first to eat crow in regards to how good he can be. Something changed in the play call to allow Spencer to show his true talents. Elated for him. <clears throat> if he decides to come back, I'll support it 100%. It'll entice Juice Van and DK to come back, even Marshawn, which I think Marshawn comes back either way. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's jump to the phone lines. Larry. Larry, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, hanging in there. 
Uh, just one quick question. Um, I watch your show every day, but I had walked out, and I don't know if you said I come back in. You were just talking about Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard anything at all about him going into Nebraska? Because that's what's on the internet <laughs> out there. Yeah. So that that uh, the person that tweeted that it's it's like a troll account. So that's not a real thing. No, it's it's. I know that it confused a lot of people. Uh, it even got me for a split second. But yeah, apparently the guy that that posted that. He uh he is he is known for like posting fake headlines. So, so yeah, uh, you're not oh, okay. you're not the first person to ask, and I, so I guess his <laughs> I guess he succeeded in what he was trying to do. So, all right, man, just let you know you do a great job. Just keep it up, Larry. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. All right, take care. Yeah, Bye. Man, take care. Yeah, guys, just FYI, <laughs> Spencer Rattler is not going to Nebraska. Let's, let's go ahead and just throw that out there. So, he is not following Marcus Satterfield to the cornfields. All right? Um, continuing with Tyler's text, if Rattler leaves, we'll finally see Luke Doty in a non-Marcus Satterfield-ran offense. We've never seen a healthy Doty, and I think he's got the tools to be an elite quarterback. Just my thoughts. Love the show. Keep rolling. Yeah, Tyler, I, I'd, I'd be curious and uh, excited to see Luke Doty in, in a new offense. Dylan Drives is any chat about Freddie Kitchens being the OC. I hear that he, I hear that he was calling the plays the last two weeks. I, Kitchens could be a can. I, I, I just, I tend to think, I, I tend to think that they're going to go outside of the staff. I, I really do. I'd, I'd be surprised, and I, and I just, I'm sure Kitchens had a role in the last two games. I personally. And it's maybe it's a little unfair because I'm 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 holding resentment and some judgment from the previous regime, but after the way it went with the Muschamp era when they hired from within and 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 you know gave Brian McClendon the job, I I just yeah I don't know <laughs> I'd I'd much rather go from I'd rather hire outside go go get a big name go get a big name I I, I think this one. You know, we talked, guys. This OC is super important. This OC is super, super important. It's, I think it's important you get a guy this fan base believes in, and this fan base, uh, you know, this this fan base, you know, believes will work. So, Travis says, let's get Trev Hewitt to do more songs, dude. We need to get Trev Hewitt to do like an intro, like a. He, I, we need Trev Hewitt to make an an intro song for TDC. Right? Maybe an intro song for the Spurs Up show. That that could be a move. I don't know. Trev Hewitt's music is fire, though. So. Yeah, Justin Kyles is at best. It's time for a home run hire for the OC. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree 110%. Yeah. I mean, Heath and Heath Hagler asked, let's say Freddie Kitchens was the one who fixed the offense. The last two weeks, would you be okay with him at OC? Well, he, here's the thing, Heath. After the final two weeks, you sort of have to trust Shane Beamer, don't you? I mean, you you, you, you kind of have to. I, I I think Shane Beamer, because I was asked about Marcus Satterfield returning, and I just said that you know after the way the season's ended, I mean, I I think you have to just trust Shane Beamer and say, you know what, you've earned the right to make whatever decision it is. Not that he doesn't already have the right or he needs the fan base's permission. But, you know, it's like you've earned, you've earned the right, you, you've earned our trust. You know what I mean? So, 
I, I think you just got to roll what Shamer wants to do. I think you got to roll what Beamer wants to do. And, you know, I'm sure I see Coach Ford like to know if Levy is looking to bolt from Oklahoma with the heat coming to Venables. I, I, I wonder who Coach Ford wants. Coach Ford, you finally – we finally got our wish, my guy. No more sat. No more sat. So – Let's see. Gene Lott to step, maybe a co-offensive coordinator. Greg Bedinger in the TTC Questions channel, the Big Cock Club Discord, he says, if Rattler doesn't play in the bowl game, what do we do at quarterback? Can Doty play and not lose the red shirt? Greg, I'm pretty sure that would apply to his red shirt. Let's jump back to the one. To accept, press What's going on? How are you? Going once. Going twice. Chris. What's up? Chris, I got you, my man. Hey, I apologize for that. No, you're good. I, I'm all hotty toddy talking on these earbuds here. Uh, listen, I'll be uh, I'll be quick, man. Love the, love the show. Love what you're doing. And wanted to. Uh, you had a great conversation with Alex, too, by Thank the way. You. He touched on a lot of good points and um, and the caller beforehand as well. But uh, I wanted to ask you, and uh, again, I'll be quick. You have um, mentioned you, you're a fan of a pro-style offense, and, uh, a coordinator that would bring, you know, would, would bring that. And I'm not necessarily a fan myself. But I do believe, you know, a big-armed, big-time quarterback under center with a blocking fullback is still relevant in college football. Mm. Wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, look at the job Nate Atkins did the last in, two weeks. In the I formation. Yeah, I mean, I, I still like Sorry. under – yeah, I mean, I still like under center. I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, like, totally opposed to, to going under center every now and then. I, you know, I just want an offense that's dangerous, explosive, can make big plays and – you know, I, I just – I think when you saw the monotonous check with me, looking over to the sideline, moving all slow, and I, I just don't – you know, oh, that, that to me gosh. just – yeah. I mean – Tough to watch. The offense looked more lost than Satterfield did. Yeah. It is tough to – it is tough to watch. And, and you know, I, I just would kind of like your take. Um, uh, do you think um, – uh, I believe you've mentioned you'd like to see a spread it out, um, hurt, you know, throw it across the yard uh, kind of offense, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, I want to, you know, somebody asked earlier, and I forgot to get to the question. They asked, would you rather have a, you know, hard-nosed defensive team and an average offense or a high-flying explosive offense and an average defense? I, I just think – the high-flying offense, that, that is college football. That's football today. I mean, I just – You I and think, I both. Okay, yeah. Great. yeah, I love that. And that was a great question, too. That was a great question. So, yeah, I'm glad – okay. Um, well, uh, let, me, let, me, let me ask you, too, you know, and I don't ask this question taking away from all of the great quarterbacks that have been through uh, USC, you know, uh, specifically under Spurrier, but when uh, – I used to – uh, I used to record Florida football games on VHS tape and write those plays down on paper. Mm -hmm. Spurrier was there and was elated when he came to Florida. I mean, to South Carolina. 
I thought we'd have five-star quarterbacks knocking on our door to be here. And, again, this goes back to my point. I'm not taking away from, from our quarterbacks. But, you know, his days at Florida, he, in a sense, had a pick of the litter mm-hmm. for the best five-star quarterbacks back back in those days. And wish that we, we'd have seen some of that in at Carolina. But, uh, you know, we, we, we he, he developed some great quarterbacks in South Carolina. Yeah. Now, that, that was always uh... – yeah. <clears throat> that was always surprising, wasn't it? That was always surprising that, uh, you know, he, he he could not get more of his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we hey, not to cut you off, my guy, we got Savell Newton calling in, so I'm going to see what Savell wants. Take it, my man. Take it, yeah. my man. He's a TD area guy, too. Take yeah, it. Yeah, I appreciate Pretty it, man. Chris. Yeah, no, I thank you. I appreciate it. All right, let's get Savell on the line Call here. Call from? Savell Newton. Savell, what's going on, my man? How are you? What's going on, brother? <laughs> it's great to hear from you, man. Uh I appreciate you calling in. I, I, I uh, obviously always value your insight. And uh, great Tuesday to chat with you, my guy. What a weekend. What a game. How you feeling? Man, I feel great, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually proud of the team. I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of the way um, they, they responded these last two, um, last two games, the end of the season, the regular season like they did. Nobody, nobody gave us a chance in either game, not even really myself, you know, mm-hmm. being honest. I'm very honest. So, mm-hmm. You know, um, just to see how how we finished the game was very crazy. Like the the two last two games, the the beat number five and then come beat Clemson, uh, it, it was amazing, man, to watch. Well, yeah, Savelle, let's dive into it, man, and talk. Uh, you know, the offensive side. Obviously, you uh, you know, Memorial Stadium is a place you played. It, it was funny that game Saturday reminded me a lot of of two thousand six, that team that you were on, and when you guys went up there and won close, won late, sort of, again, like that game went on Saturday. But uh, offensively, man, you know, Rattler, uh, you have the early pick six, you have the early red zone INT, but able to overcome it and uh, have a really, really good day yet again. Just talk about what you saw from his game and what were things you took away and liked from the offensive scheme and the way they attacked Clemson's defense? Well, I, I think I think what happened was we started out the game, like, going back to some of the old – predictable things that uh, we saw for, from Satterfield the whole year. And I just think, like, I just think, like, um, there was a conversation on the sideline. None of us got to really see it. But I think I think Rattler probably went to the sideline, expressed his frustration. Because I seen when he threw that first touchdown to Wells, you seen his reaction when he turned around and it was like, like, let me work, you know. So I think, I think, I think we've been holding him back all year. And I've been saying that I know, um, you know, hearing Garcia and a couple more guys saying he needs to stop holding the ball. And but when you don't have a when you don't have a scheme in place or or things to help you help help what you're talented at or to help what your strengths are, it's kind of like you put a quarterback in a position to fail. Like um, you know, if 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 I'm a if I'm a known running quarterback or or, or something like that when I played, uh, and, you know, and I have a coach put me on the center. Uh, to take away my strengths, to take away my arms, to take away my abilities, you know, it kind of cripples me as a quarterback. So, you know, I, I think a lot of that happened this year with Rattler until we got into the Tennessee game. We got we started to see some of that quick game I've been talking about and everybody been speaking about. We got to see some of the, um, you know, getting get, getting the ball out of his hand quick, letting him, you know, throw the deep ball. He throws a nice deep ball. And, and I, I just feel like the Clemson game, 
was a whole bunch of trying to get Lloyd um, back into the game and, and get some of those old things, just trying to establish him until they seen it wasn't working. So then it was more like, okay, let's go back to what we did against Tennessee. And I think that's when he got comfortable again. Yeah, you know, to your credit, Savelle, when I when I talked about the uh, the game last week on my my Friday podcast or whatever, giving my keys to the game, I I credited you and talked about quick game, and and I just felt like quick game needed to be a big part of of the offensive attack because you looked at Clemson and their and their strength and the defensive front and the linebackers, and you you, you knew it was going to be hard to run the football. But I'll ask you this: how how surprised, if at all, surprised were you that you know normally when you can't run the football that basically spells disaster, right? I, I think of 06, like I mm-hmm. mentioned, when y'all went up there, y'all ran the ball extremely well. Mike Davis and Corey Boyd, and I mean, I think we just, we had a field day on the ground, but I just thought what was so intriguing is that, you know, we we could not run the football Saturday, and I think they knew we couldn't run it, and still, Rattler was able to cook, and, and Rattler was able to have success in the passing game. Did that did that surprise you at all, or or uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, well we already knew we knew about Clemson defensive line coming into the game. <clears throat> so we knew we wasn't going to really have like a run game. We haven't had a run game all year right. because the scheme that we ran was, was like I said, it was not a good scheme. It didn't, it didn't benefit our offensive line any, it didn't benefit our backfield any. So I think like going into the game, we knew we wasn't going to just establish a running game against one of the best defensive lines in the country. That didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just to see, you know, what we did was to start using the quick game, which is just as efficient as having a good run game. When you when you can get the ball out to your playmakers, let them make, you know, make some plays on the perimeter. That's when, that's when we're at our most dangerous, you know. I've been saying that all year. Get the ball to the playmakers. Let them make, make, make teams come up and tackle. In college football right now, the hardest thing for defensive backs are to do because a lot of teams are being so confident and going cover zero, cover one is more cover one now in college football than we we've seen ever. So so now you asking you know your perimeter players, you're asking 19, 19, 20 year olds, you know, to come up and make tackles in open space, and that's kind of hard unless they, unless they played arena ball before. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, hey, Savella. I want to get into this, you know, I, and I'm sure they. I'm sure we possess this all year, but I think over the last two games, when you look at the opponents and the way we won, it just stands out more. But because what I was going to say is I just, you know, I, I know the the Cam Smith quote, the drop your nuts thing, and Zach Pickens echoed it after the Clemson game. And and, and that, that kind of took over, right, these last two weeks and obviously went viral. But, like, I, I just – I love the, the tenacity and the edge and almost this chip-on-our-shoulder underdog type thing we've been playing with the last couple of weeks, you know, attacking defensively and just being the aggressor, you know, being sort of the dictator of the ball game and how the game goes. Um, you know, you're, you're just overall thoughts on that and how this football team, sort of the mindset they attacked, you know, these last two weeks. But I, I think that's something if you can carry it over, you know, as Shane Beamer built his brand at Carolina, I, that's really something I hope to see stay, man, is that is that chip on the shoulder playing with that edge, if you will. Yeah, I mean, we all knew we all knew like like that that Beamer Beamer was a uh, you know that's just coming from like a lot of the players that that played in that era where we were the most the most success had the most success. Those guys, the way they they spoke about him, the way they talked about his you know his tenacity, his his energy, like 
you know, those guys like um, Marcus Lattimore, um, DJ Swearinger, and some of the big names that, that came out during that, those years, they, they spoke highly of him. So we, we knew, like, what type of, of, of energy that he was bringing to the team then. But, you know, a lot of times you get these coaches, you know, you get a lot of these coaches who has all the people, you know, the, co- the player skills and, and things like that, and you, they just don't make the right decisions at, at, at the start. Like, Marcus Satterfield was not the right decision for, you know, our future. Mm. And, you know, he I think he he started to realize that more as, as the season went to go on. And I think the players also started to realize it. Like, hey, like, we love Beamer. Like, this is a guy that we trust. We know that he's going to fix this, get it right. And, you know, and still to have, like, you know, the staff that he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, steps and 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 have somebody like Demo, like the uh, Demo on uh, speaks on your on your on your staff mm-hmm. and things like that. It, 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 it it's all the culture is already set. It's just about decision making now. Like mm-hmm. like who's the next guy up? The players, whether we had the talent or not. I mean, we got two two free safeties that that are probably to me like about the best set, set of safeties I've seen <laughs> I've seen mm-hmm. in Carolina in a while. And they're freshmen, so we got those guys for two more years. Uh, a lot of young talent coming in, and, and and still talent, you know, talent we haven't seen yet. So I think the foundation definitely has been stamped with those two wins, because um, you know, I, I thought I thought we had the talent the whole time. I just felt that it was just misguided, and I and now that we have parted ways or 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 someone parted ways with us which whatever whatever way you want to put it by Felicia is what I said like um you know let him roll on go where he's going um and and we you know establish who's going to be the next guy in charge and hope hope that the decision his time is the right decision which I don't think I don't think Bobo I don't even think Bobo was the wrong decision I just think like like timing timing wasn't the best because of of injuries um and and I think I'm not saying he was the wrong decision in the Muschamp era. The first decision up front, you know, with um, Roper and, and, and Satterfield was, was two bad decisions uh, for, 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 for the program. But now, you know, this is, this is like you said, the foundation is set. The, um, the, the guys like Cam Smith, those guys are, are leaving their stamps if they're going to head out to their NFL careers. And I just feel like now it's just up to – you know, the head guy in charge to decide like where this where's this team gonna go? Like are we gonna go forward or or are we gonna like remain a certain thing like a certain way? Like beating Tennessee and Clemson is possible every year. Mm-hmm. It's just about like like you say, it's just about like who's in charge. So right now, once we figure out who's in charge mm-hmm. of the offense, I think that's gonna establish like where we go 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 going forward. Mm-hmm. Savelle, what do you want to see from the next OC? And are there any names that you that jump out to you that you think would be a good fit? Man, I, honestly, man, I just want to I just want to see somebody who's who who who's not not scared. <laughs> like like when Spurrier first came in, you know, I was I was like blessed to 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 be a part of that first team that that was able to um be be when that staff came in. It was like uh, it was like night and day. It was like going from being scary conservative to being like like okay we ain't about to be conservative all like we're cocky arrogant and and we 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 know we know that 
if we throw the ball out there, it's gonna it, it's gonna come down, or or we're gonna take a chance if we see something. Is we gonna you know that's the type of 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 of, of OC that I would like to see come in. Someone who, who you know who who's not scared to you know put up for you know three hundred yards passing a game, or or you know who's not afraid of of just you know just using the receiver the receiver talent that we have uh, and 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 making sure that that we use the quarterbacks the way they need to be used uh not not afraid of of running some 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 a lot of RPOs maybe and just things like that so i i, I want to see somebody come in that that that's not not afraid <laughs> that's that's my whole thing i think i think I think Mark Marcus Satterfield. I'm not saying that he he doesn't have a knowledge of of the game. I'm not saying he's not a great coach. Um, I, I just feel like him. I just feel him as a play caller was horrible. Mm-hmm. Him being a play call. Him being a play caller was too scary. It was too. You can't be scary in the SEC. If you're scary in the SEC, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, if you scare, you know, scary when you got to put points up against a Georgia team that's going that's pretty much gonna shut you out. You know. Uh, it, it's not going to work. You got to be able to match teams these days for points. So it's because it's so easy to score points these days. Mm-hmm. So, so like I said, we I just hope we come up with somebody who isn't scared, like who who ain't scared to take you know five to ten shots down the field a game. So, Savelle, I only bring this up because it's a it's a debated, such a highly debated topic, and, and I'm not necessarily asking to speculate and claim you know who exactly it was, but but obviously it sounds like you would agree that. Something changed in Tennessee and, and Clemson. It wasn't just Marcus Satterfield had a come to Jesus moment and the spirit of Steve Spurrier infiltrated his body. Like you, you, you believe that something changed in regards to the voices in the room or the philosophy, maybe, or just the play calling itself. I mean, I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but from what you're saying, that it sounds like that's you would agree with that statement. I, 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 honest, I honestly agree that, uh, or. <clears throat> would be on record to say that I think something changed within the players. I think, I think the players, <clears throat> players read, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, and not to like voice my, myself out on some of the players that I, I've, I was, you know, w- was able to talk to or anything, chat with or anything like that. But, you know, like, like players know when things isn't right, you know, they playing a game. And you know, like like back in the day, I knew like that last year with Coach Holtz that it was it was it wasn't right. Skip had all the all the he he checked off all the lists for what he wanted to do right then and there, but we wasn't able to do it. So I knew something wasn't right. So the players know when something isn't right, and I just think the players kind of took it up, up, up amongst themselves to say like, hey, yeah, like like Cam Smith say, hey, drop your nuts, we got to do it on our own. We got to make things happen, like a hey, Spencer. You know, like don't be afraid. Don't 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 be afraid to let the ball go. Get the ball out your hand quick. Like I know you're supposed to go through your reads, but you could just tell that it, it just changed, like changed within with within with him. So I think that was a big start of it. Um, like we already knew what he could do coming in, and I just think that I'm not gonna say someone else was calling the plays or, or anything like that. But I just think the players was 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 making was saying like we gonna make plays and we just gonna we gonna do it our way, like 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 we're not gonna let you like hold us back anymore. And I think that's that that's what happened. 
Sabell Spencer Rattler. I, I know it's outside looking in, but I, I'll ask you. A um, lot of debate about his future. You have any thoughts on if you were advising him? I guess. I mean, I, I guess a lot of it depends on what yeah. scouts yeah. are saying or yeah. draft guys. Like, what do you yeah. think in regards to Rattler's yeah. future? Do you think it'd benefit him to come back for another year? Do you, uh, you know, what 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 are yeah. your thoughts? Uh, honestly, like you know, when you you think about you think about the the um, you know, when you look at Spencer Rattler this year, and you think like if you look around the SEC and even the talent that's just coming out of the SEC, you got Will Levis, who's uh, you know, potentially first round uh, quarterback that's that's rated. Um, you got you got so many quarterbacks that's coming out this year, or that's seniors that that has to come out this year. Um, you know, even when you look down at Coastal Carolina, I mean, you think about Grayson McCall. You know, and and things like the the ball that he has has played down at the beach. So you look at so many quarterbacks, and you think like, okay, like if I'm if I'm a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, who has an opportunity to, you know, make more money in NIL deals than he's going to make in his first his first probably potential two to three years in the NFL. <laughs> Why? Why would? Why would I leave? Like back back then, you know, what I'm saying as a junior quarterback, or you know, it, it was like, okay, I need to go get the money. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, the way the way that the times have shifted, like these players, like you know, if he comes back after beating Clemson in Tennessee like that, his his nil deal money is going to be extremely, you know, in a different it's in a different ballpark. Um, he's already up there, you know, in the ballpark, so. Like why 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 would I like potentially go to the NFL and 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 risk you know risk being just a you know a third stream or backup? Not saying that he can't start now, but I think I think he still has a lot of uh, a lot of things that that needs to be proven as a quarterback. I think I think if he comes back, you like in in possibly getting you know some 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 more help out of the portal. Cause there's no way Wells come back. There's no way Bell come back. Uh, that, that, that's a different. That's a different yeah. thing. Those guys right there. But you know, at the end of the day, like if if he comes back, I think that kind of places us in a, a place to where, like, we're going to potentially be ranked right there in the top of the SEC. Top, like, we probably come out start the year out like in the top twenty or 15, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to see him come back. Yeah. I would love to see him come back. I would love to see, uh, you know, Grayson McCall come back. I would love to see actually all the quarterbacks in, that's in, that's starting right now for college for the uh, colleges in the um, South Carolina State come back, even, you know, even the quarterback at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I, I just think right now he needs to make his way back, going to make a decision. Because if he make a decision now, it's going to help us in recruiting. Like if he said, like if he says, hey, I'm come, I come back. Like you know, that's gonna help with mm-hmm. with 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 players jumping in the portal because they seen what happened with Wales. They're gonna see, you know, see things like that. And then also, you know, it, it, it lets us, it helps us with selecting, you know, an offensive coordinator also. Yeah, that that's gonna match his talent. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you make a great point, Sabell, with the NIL stuff. I think that's obviously a <clears throat> a huge game changer now. And you you think the type of you think the type of NIL opportunities that a guy like Spencer Rattler is going to be able to attract, I think you make a great point, man. It's like, why why rush it? You know, why rush it when you can come back and work on your skills and, st- and st- still get the money? You can still get the money. Um, Sabelle Newton, yeah. appreciate you taking the time. Hey, last thing before I get you out of here, Sabelle, 
just uh, just overall thoughts, man, on the on the win uh, against Clemson. Obviously, I, I know that you know talking to yourself and other former players, it might mean a little bit more to the fan base than it does the actual players themselves. But still, either way, the way you end the season, back to back, one of our top ten teams, first time that's ever happened in school history. You finish up eight and four. You're going to go to a nice Florida bowl game. Just your overall thoughts on where kind of football now now <clears throat> currently sits in regards to the trajectory the program and, and moving forward under Shane Beamer? Well, you know, these two wins, mean, it means a little bit different to me, uh, honestly. It just it just goes – it just not not on a uh, – you know, not on a place of, of like, showering any Debbie Downer on the wins. It's more like it just goes to show, like, what we could have been doing all year. Yeah. Like, it yeah. just goes to show, like, how, how do we lose to Florida? How do we lose to Arkansas? How in the world did we lose to Missouri? <laughs> So you know we could be we talking about yeah. we talking about a nice bowl, a nice bowl. We could be sitting outside of the uh, SEC championship game, hoping with those same with with those same two wins that that's not unrealistic. But those same two wins, like looking at okay, we got a chance of sneaking in the, in, in the college football playoffs right now <laughs> with one loss. Mm-hmm. But um, but the, you know, but I just feel like. It just goes to show that we we really abused the talent that we had this year, this season on offense. I think we underused, um, you know, um, having a, a running back come from, uh, from Wake Forest where he was very successful in the ACC. We underused him. We underused all our receivers. We um, misused Dan returning back when he could have left. It went to the NFL last year. Um, we, we misused Wells. We showed that. How, how you know how explosive he came along at the end of the season, and 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 Lord, we misused Bell, and we had four tight ends. Like like while wait to the Clemson game, they've been saying, okay, this 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 guy is a blocker. He's only in the block, but he he shows us that he could have been in into the passing the pass game all season. We could have been using like three to four tight ends all year all season long. So it just goes to show that that we misuse our, our opportunity this was our year this was our opportunity this was our chance to be in you know to be ranked in the top 10 but we we definitely like didn't do it and I that was one of the things I predicted at the beginning of the year only because I knew who was still calling the plays so I'm just happy I'm just happy that we got those wins um I think those wins are going to predicate like who's open to come to South Carolina as an OC mm-hmm. like like we want all these big names, but all these big names probably don't want us. Yeah. So, so hopefully, hopefully with those two wins, it's gonna you know open those guys up to um, to even wanting to come here and um, be a part of of, of what Coach Beam is building. Savell, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, man. I appreciate you calling in, all your insight. Hey, congratulations on the win to you, all the Gamecock Nation. And obviously, you were ecstatic watching what you saw on Saturday, but. Uh, Dude, I always appreciate your insight, man. Thank you for taking the time. We'll talk soon. Yeah, and don't be surprised if you don't, if you see me as the head coach of, of the USC uh, Commander Club team because, uh, you know, I'm getting back into coaching. I know a lot of people say, you know, I don't have the experience in, in, in all of that, but uh, I, 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 know a two, I know a thing or two, but um, <laughs> I'm definitely uh, thinking of considering, considering – of, of, of coming to coming back to USC and taking over the club team. Mm. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I love, hey, I love it, man. I love to hear it. You know, we'll follow and support your journey every step of the way, my man. I know you'll have great success. I already know, brother. So. All right. Yeah, man, All appreciate right. you. We'll All talk right. soon. Great stuff. And, guys, what a way to end the show. Savelle Newton, Gamecock great, Gamecock legend. And I thought his uh, I thought his perspective and insight was very interesting, especially the 
the end of uh, his his uh, you know his banter in regards to talking about what the season could have been, right? I mean, that's I guess that's the flip side. I guess that's the flip side of it, right? Is is just um, you look at that offensive talent, what you saw the last two games. We're gonna we're gonna cut the phone lines off, guys. What you saw the last two games and and uh, what could have been. So, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. We're gonna go and get out of here. It's past two o'clock. Thank y'all so much for taking the time to call in, to chat, the banter. You guys always bring the heat, and I truly do appreciate it. Podcast will drop tomorrow. Stay tuned for all the content today. Content bleeding out the eyeball, as always. Appreciate you all tuning in, guys. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.